Hello and uh, welcome to episode seven, season two of the Marketing Matters podcast. We are still doing this as with the last one. We're we're doing this remotely, so I'm connecting with David over a Zoom video link. So hello, David. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, and I should say with David, he has he always has a very nice background. He, he's currently sitting uh, at the top of I don't know, it's some local wine market. Coombs I think, Edge overlooking the valley. Co- Coombs Edge. So so yeah, I, but I have to assume he is abiding by the rules and is actually sitting at home. But we just thought that as we're now three weeks into the lockdown, though it was just good to continue the discussion we were having had last week. And while much has changed, life is going on. And we have to accept that as well, a significant chunk of the economy is shut down. And there are certain areas which are rolling on and even booming, particularly sort of food re- retail. And we're sort of helping uh, video conferencing. But it's likely over the next uh, couple of weeks, at least, or probably over the next maybe couple of months, at least, this is going to be the new normal. And I think really the question we want to ask today is how can your business adapt to this new normal? So, David, I mean, what you know, in terms of what we've been doing and uh, what are your thoughts on this? I, th- I think, well, first of all, that clearly the whole lockdown has had significantly more impact on businesses where they are uh, engaging with retail and the general public than perhaps business to business, where there is more of a sense of some people working to, to try and keep the economy going. And I think it's it very easy to, to fall into the trap that people think that everybody is just sitting at home homeschooling the children where actually there is a big chunk of the economy that is still trying to keep going and very importantly i mean there's i was talking to a client this morning and saying as a, as a managing director of a company they have a responsibility both to continue to support their own customer base many of whom are working in critical and essential areas but also at the same time make, ensure the safety of, of their own staff and so it is in some cases people don't have the freedom to just close the business furlough everybody and hunker down until uh, some sort of salvation comes there's there's a lot of businesses that are having to continue and and yeah. and they are going to be the base of the the recovering economy in in the, the fullness of time i think yeah and I, I think as well as as maybe was demonstrated by uh, liverpool football club this week i think last over the last couple of weeks the default position was my turnover may be affected how can i mitigate this i'll furlough everybody and I think it, on one level, I think it has been a little bit easy maybe to take that option when when businesses maybe should have thought more about, well, do I actually need to do that? And are the things I could be doing, okay, they might not be able to do their day-to-day business, but are the things that they could be doing to develop what we're doing and to, to make us stronger we ca- when we come out? And obviously, it will very much depend on your financial position and I, can you afford to do that? And, and obviously, the furloughing is a very useful tool and a way of preventing people needing to be laid off if they can't afford that. But in the case of uh, Liverpool, for example, they could clearly afford not to do that. And I think in many businesses do have sort of rainy day funds or war funds. And, you know, is there a way, obviously, you prefer not to be using it in a situation like that. But in certain circumstances, is it a way you could use it and develop your business going forward and maybe not just fall back on this the furloughing thing? I, I, th- I think that it is it, it, the nature of businesses that you are constantly planning for and taking managed risk it's 
it's easy to be to just think in terms of protecting your own position but I do think there is an element of everybody has to accept that that these circumstances are not easy for doing business and and yes mm. they they are perhaps uh, a time when if you do have a, a rainy day fund and and to be honest any established business should have a level of reserve that they can they can fall back on and and let's face it we we're just entering week three so you know most businesses work sort of month to month and so we're not even at the end of the first month yet so unless your business is very new which clearly can present problems but a business should be able to survive um, a bit of a knockback for a month or two fairly readily and yeah. I think it's indicative of how many businesses do walk on a bit of a bit of a tightrope um, that as soon as something something untoward happens, that they immediately start struggling, which I think does question the the solidity of the business at all. Yeah, and, and, but I think it, it is interesting how there's absolutely no doubt that for a lot of businesses, it has been a complete sort of sideswipe in terms of what they actually are currently delivering to their marketplace. And you look at all the people, as you say, a lot of them in the uh, business to consumer markets, but people who are delivering courses or people who are even retail businesses who are relying on people walking into shops. This thing has had completely changed the way they have to do business. But I guess the thing is that you've got to then at that point fall back on, well, what are my core competences? What is the real value that I deliver to, to businesses? And sometimes it doesn't necessarily rely on those things that you've relied on in the past. For example, the tra- I mean, you know, I, I've had discussions with a lot of trainers or therapists or whatever, who yes, they rely very much, their normal method of delivery is face-to-face meetings, but actually that's not their core competence is about supporting people. And so they've been able to adapt the way they do business to use technology to be able, maybe not as, uh, as effectively as, as in the past, but at some level, they're still able to deliver the value that their core competence offers. And I think we've been in that same situation. I mean, we very much have, I mean, maybe on ours, it's a bit different because a lot of our, our business, a lot of our value is, is delivered remotely anyway, through phone and, and through email and uh, remotely. So, but even so, we have focused back on what are our core competences. Our core competences are about identifying issues that businesses have with their marketing and with their the way they react interact with customers and we find solutions for them and we deliver those solutions and so we're still that's those core competences are still imminently valuable if not more valuable in in these circumstances but it's about adapting what you do and how you do it to fit with the new new uh, ways you can you can deliver them and i think that what's happened for us is true of a lot of businesses and you now see people like joe wicks delivery he was going into schools but now he's doing it all um via via web links you see musicians who have now started to do tie team up with uh, local breweries or local pubs to do virtual gigs where the, the pubs are doing off sales all so it's there's a way that you were able to sort of keep the these things going forward because ultimately the market is still there the demand is still there and it's just about finding what new ways to, to sort of meet those demands i think so but i think there's the kind of psychological element to it as well that it's it's not just about the, the practicalities of the offering, about being able to listen to that music or what have you. There are, there's the whole interaction thing that people are used to. And I think one of the biggest challenges is if you're, let's say, you're, um, you've mentioned a, a sort of therapist or indeed a, a, a musician, that people are used to 
coming to see you live and yet you can interact with an audience in a particular way or as a as a sort of a coach or a therapist or what have you that you're used to working in a, a fairly intimate environment with a with a client and there's no question that working remotely is less intimate is less engaging and uh, the mere fact that you know in a zoom meeting you know we've seen it that particularly when there's a group people will just get up and walk out and which isn't isn't necessarily a bad thing but it's just it's different and and i think that's where you've got to be very careful that it's not just can i still communicate can i deliver my core competences but it's about working with your customers or your clients or your audience to ensure that you're taking them along with you in your your new approach yeah, and I think, don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting it is a, a perfect alternative. I mean, I was watching Have I Got News For You last night, which uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but they've done, they did all that through video links and they had the, the desk with all the screens where they all were. It was still entertaining, but it definitely missed the level of interaction between them wasn't there. The fact they didn't have a, per, a, a live audience meant the level of interaction with the audience wasn't there. It's not perfect, but I think it is a little bit, I, I see it on two levels. One, it's about... How do you make the most of this challenging situation at the moment? But two, are there any things in there that will maybe allow your business to be more flexible or deliver things in, a, in, a, in different ways as you go forward? And not saying as a complete alternative to the way you did it before, but in addition to, you know, in, in, as a therapist, would it, yes, they, when you get it, particularly when you're getting to know people or same with meetings, when you, as a business relationship, if you're getting to know people, then face-to-face is definitely better. But there are circumstances where actually as, the, as that relationship develops and you get better, know people better, that actually, you can do things remotely. And, and does that mean you can op- operate more efficiently? Does it mean you can offer different services at a different price point? All of these sort of things are things you can think about, ways you can develop your business in addition to the ways that you, you've sort of worked in the past. That's really sort of what I'm thinking. Yeah, oh, undoubtedly. And I think it's, I think, I guess it's more about trying to see these as new opportunities rather yeah. than a for most people it won't be a sea change shift it's just something else and i think the other thing is that i know we're right in the middle of it just now but when when this is all over the whole thing is going to have been for a relatively short period of time you know even Mm. if it runs for three or four months it's a big deal while you're in it but six months beyond that down the line and i'm not saying people will have forgotten about it but most people will have gone back to doing things as they did them before because that's the the nature of things and there will i think probably these remote meetings are probably one of the the biggest takeaways from this whole thing yeah. is that people will i think will use video technology a lot more because it as i've said before it has now been proved to work where historically i think for most people it didn't work that well it was all right but it was yeah. uh, it was challenging but i do think it is it is i mean you look at history and when big seismic events like this happen it does create changes and it does it does become a catalyst for change and you look at the spanish flu pandemic from about 100 years ago and that was the the start of the sort of thinking that ultimately created the NHS. And I think you talk, I mean, I've heard things about saying that if you look at the places like the the Black Death and some of the situations in the back, more sort of ancient history, they were very creative times. And I was hearing, you know, Shakespeare wrote some of his best plays when he was in lockdown because of the Black Death. And I know that you hear about a lot of Renaissance stuff came out of there. And I think there is this idea that actually it's all negative, but actually I think there is the potential 
for when people have this opportunity to sort of take a step back and do things differently and think differently, that it can become quite a creative time and new interesting things will come out after it. And I think that, I guess, bringing it back down to earth and the impact on businesses, I think that's where I would see it as an opportunity for a business to say, with this time where maybe you've got a bit more time to think about things, what can you be doing that actually will have a positive impact on your business uh, coming out of it and hopefully at the same time allow you to sustainably sort of manage your business and during this process and and as, as we said at the beginning how can you become more adapted to what is over the next as you say maybe only two or three months but uh, is going to be for that period of time the new normal i, I think I, I would just like to qualify i think that the impact of this is going to run somewhat longer than two or three months but i yes. think yeah. you know we are coming into the third week of the lockdown just now and although the powers that be are are reluctant to start um, looking too far ahead there is no question that when over the past three or four days the numbers have started to look like they have peaked and okay you know yes let's wait and see what the next few days brings but the fact is that over the past few days they have not gone up as much as they did in the previous few days as you were saying it, there's definitely a sense that we are we're at the end of the beginning uh, and there is this suggestion that you look at some of the people who've uh, been in this a lot further than have Spain and Italy, the numbers definitely are starting to come down. I think if you look at some of those places, I know Austria and Spain are looking at, are starting to look at how they can come out of this thing. So there, yeah, I think we have to accept that whether it's, you know, the, the long term impacts are going to be lo- uh, are going to be significantly more than two or three months but over the next two or three months we are going to start coming out of this and I think it is about for me two things one is about how do you manage the next two or two or three months and keep your business going and I mean someone talked to me about the idea of do you survive in these circumstances or do you thrive and normally it's going to be somewhere in between but the question I guess you should be saying what can you do to move it more towards the thriving than the surviving and 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 looking at as I say about how as we do come out of this and things do get back to normal, what can you have learned through the time in this situation that will make a stronger business going forward? I guess that's really all I'm all I'm saying. Yeah, and and, and I think there are always in in any anything like this, there are always winners and losers. There and whether that is somebody whose circumstances mean they are if you can be fortunate that they are fortunate because they um, arms manufacturers do well in in times of war but I I think and there equally are people who are unfortunate that the nature of their business makes it very difficult to survive I think that uh, it was announced yesterday that Debenhams have gone into administration I mean they were struggling anyway and so Mm. this this perhaps just pushed them over the edge so there are there are always winners and losers in that sense but I think as, as you're suggesting there is a big element of I guess it's almost attitude that for, for many people if you want to have a positive attitude that you can you can do things to make your business more successful where if you equally if you want to have a negative attitude you can make life more difficult for yourself and so I think just finishing on that that point you're saying if you want to have a positive attitude you can um, uh, do things to ultimately have a positive impact on your business and I didn't I didn't say it anywhere near as, as well as you did but uh, you know and I think that's the, the as we come out as we sort of draw to a close now I think 
uh, that's really the takeaway that I'd like to people to take out of this is about how can you adopt a positive attitude to say that I want to try and be on the thrive side of the the equation in in this thing and how can what can I be doing on the the worst you know one end of the spectrum minimize the impact of this but on the, the positive side what can I be doing to make my business stronger as I come out of this and yeah so I, I guess we'll just we'll, we'll leave it there but just as we always do, we try and uh, sort of think about if this has resonated, uh, what, what can you be doing? And the first thing I would say is actually think about what are your core competences and your core skills and how, how did you use those to add value to the marketplace in, historically, but also in the new normal, how can you use these capabilities and skills to deliver new, different value to people as we are now? And what sort of impact does that thinking have on your or could that thinking have on your business as and when we come out of the other side so that would be my first thought have you got anything to add david yeah i i would say be open to the experience and mm. don't force yourself to be constrained by previous norms i think I mean, in a very simple example that uh, that something that happened to me over the last couple of days uh, yesterday was my son's birthday and somehow i got roped into promising to bake him a birthday cake and now if I'd been at work in the office all day yesterday, I would have not been able to bake him the birthday cake. But uh, so I would have had to do it over the weekend. Whereas actually I thought, well, no, it'd be nice if the cake is fresh. So what I'm going to do, there are things that I can do that I did over the weekend specifically. So I could say, right, so I've, I've done a couple of hours uh, work here that I would normally have done in the office on a Monday, but I've done it here. So I'm going to take that time on Monday to go and bake a birthday cake. And so, I, you know, the idea, everybody says nobody knows what day it is, but actually there's a positive spin on that. You don't have to not work at weekends on Saturdays and Sundays, but you can be, you know, there is more opportunity for flexi time. I think yeah, with, yeah. With, East, with Easter coming up, it's going to be interesting. But I think whether you're an employer or an employee, or, or your work for yourself, I think it is still very important not to fall into the trap of thinking, well, I've got to work 24-7, that to have the, have the self-discipline to give yourself the time off. I also try and uh, make sure I get, as I'm going to do very shortly, take an hour to go out and have a walk. I would never do that when I was in the office. Mm. Um, Monday to Friday but so there are there are new ways of working and and yeah to be just take the opportunity to be open to the new possibilities yeah and the final thing I think is just make sure that what you are doing now is sustainable in the, the sort of medium short and medium term because there is a scenario where this is is going to go on beyond sort of one two three months and just making sure that whatever you are doing is sustainable in the medium term and will allow your business to continue and still be there when we come out of this later on in the year. So I think I'll leave it there. It was maybe a little bit longer than, than normal, but we are still adapting to this new way of working. And, uh, and as we said there, whilst uh, it allows us to do this, is definitely more challenging doing it this way than when we're sat there face to face. But hopefully uh, we've it's still been interesting. And if you uh, want to find out more, you'll find our other podcasts on podcast.bsamarketing.com. You'll continue to find new posts on bsamarketing.com website. Uh, and you'll find us on Twitter and LinkedIn at BSA Marketing. So until next time, and who knows what we'll, what situation we'll be in a, a couple of weeks' time. But until then, we'll say goodbye and happy marketing. Bye for now and stay safe, everyone.